a hospice nurse working at a spooky New Orleans plantation home finds herself entangled in a mystery involving the house's dark past. Welcome to Law and Horror. I'm your host, Jeanette, and in a horror movie, I would survive by hiding until I'm forgotten. And I'm your other host, Julie. In a horror movie, I would die investigating the strange sound. Yes, you would. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Sweet. probably will in real life. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just have to get this out of my system really quick. My grandma told your grandma. <laughs> something 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 no <laughs> it, it goes my grandma and your grandma sitting by the fire my grandma told your grandma gonna set your flag on fire <laughs> oh shit yeah i'm doing that thing really bad where i know some of the words so i'll like sing along on the radio and then i'll be like something 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 <laughs> <laughs> this has literally been stuck in my head since we watched the movie and i'm like i don't even understand what this song's about i think it's about the civil war but i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> okay do you have any horror related news i do not me neither <laughs> It's just one of those weeks. I legit was talking to um, a client today as if it was Monday. And he was like, oh, no, that happened two days ago. And I was like, say what? Oh, my God, it's Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Okay, well, then I'll just jump right in with the summary. Um, You should introduce our movie. Ah. (laughs) All right. We are doing The Skeleton Key from 2005. I meant to look up the movie rating. Because I'm pretty sure it's PG-13. Yeah, it is. Okay, there we go. That's what I wanted to point out was like anyone who's like, horror's not for me. This is a PG-13 movie for violence, disturbing images, some partial nudity, and smoking. Where are the disturbing images? Oh, probably the uh, sewing of the lips and eyelids as briefly as they flicker. Meh. (laughs) Yeah. When when you're seasoned like we are, just, uh, you know, you gotta add to add to stoop with somebody to get a rise out of us. Oh, yes. Too soon, too soon. God, that movie, that movie was so good, Julie. Like, I feel bad for giving it a two out of five. I really want to bring it up, um, just because I just I can't stop thinking about it. I I really can't. It's <laughs> it's hauntingly good and terrible (laughs) (laughs) i i still love Um, it but hate it (laughs) exactly 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 but i like that right before we started recording we were thinking about halloween costumes already and and you have yours planned out so maybe i'll do danny for ooh for halloween (laughs) that'd be really fun and kind of purdy kind of purdy you just gotta carry around um like a mug of like lemonade or tea all night with a little, with a little, little red food coloring. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but focus, focus. Okay, Skeleton Key, two thousand five. Um, it was the writer is Aaron Kruger, the director is Ian Softley. It's starring Kate Hudson, Gina Rollins, John Hurt, Sir John Hurt, pardon me, and Ooh. Peter Sarsgaard. I'm fancy too. So. <laughs> <laughs> the Lady Julie shall Lady be continuing Julie. after this brief summary. <laughs> um, and so if you're already familiar with the film, just go ahead and skip forward about two minutes. 
and uh, and we'll jump right into it. Caroline is a 25-year-old hospice worker who takes a job in Louisiana caring for Ben, a stroke victim who is bedridden and cannot speak. After acquiring a skeleton key, Caroline makes her way into a secret room in the attic where she discovers hair, blood, bones, spells, and other instruments for practicing hoodoo. Violet says she has never been in the secret room, but that the items probably belong to the original owner's two houseworkers, Mama Cecile and Papa Justify, who practiced black magic and were lynched as a result. Caroline confides in the estate lawyer, Luke, that she believes Violet has done something to Ben. She learns of a spell called the Conjure of Sacrifice, which allows the caster to steal the remaining years of life from the victim and comes to think that this is what Violet is going to do to Ben. She tries to escape the house and take Ben with her, but the front gate is locked and she crashes her car. She hides Ben in the gardening shed and escapes to Luke's house with evidence asking for help. While there, she realizes that Luke is in on it and is incapacitated. She begins to regain consciousness back at the house where she and Violet face off. She uses brick dust to try and flee upstairs to the attic where she starts to draw what she believes to be a protective spell. Violet appears and reveals that the spell is actually a trap. They were just waiting for Caroline to believe as Violet pushes a full-length mirror at her. It is revealed that the Conjure of Sacrifice is actually a body-switching spell and that Papa Justify, who inhabits Luke's body, and Mama Cecile, who now inhabits Caroline's body, have done so over the years through the previous owners. Emergency services arrive and take Caroline and Luke away, who are trapped in the paralyzed, dying bodies of Violet and Ben. We learn through Papa Justify, a.k.a. Luke now, that the Devereaux have left the house to Caroline, ensuring that Cecile and Justify will continue to occupy the house. Dun, dun, dun. Do, do, do. I love the ending of this movie. Yeah, oh. the, the ending is the best part of the movie, which is problematic. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's it's the same with that do you remember that horror movie the invitation yes it's just the the ending is the best part of the invitation as well and it's like you gotta you gotta give us something before that yes i i fully agree i feel really bad with the invitation i remember kind of like skipping around for a little bit because i was like okay hurry up hurry up hurry well, up because nothing up. happens <laughs> for like an hour <laughs> yeah it was it was rough in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. Okay. So out of five, I tried to invent skeleton keys. I bet you had a better one than that, but. No, skeleton. I mean, that's what it should be. The title doesn't really make that much sense with this movie. Like they just picked a random object that has to do Touché. with the house. So, I mean, I'm fine <laughs> with skeleton keys. <laughs> this is probably more applicable than its own title. <laughs> Okay, so out of five, how many did you give it? I gave it 2.5. I really nice. kind of, like, was wishy-washy on my score and about whether, do I want to give it three, do I want to get three and a half, or does it really only deserve two? So I decided yeah. 2.5 was was fair. Yeah, yeah. I I gave it 3.5 out of 5. And, and same thing, that's probably on the higher end because I do love the twist. And normally I feel like when there are movies with a twist, 
the rewatchability goes down somewhat. But in this one, I really do enjoy the subtlety in which rewatching it, um, it 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 still holds up. Like now that I know the twist, I can watch it and and notice the little cues. And um, I ended up actually watching it with Michelle remotely together, my little sister. Aww, and that's really it nice. It was it was awesome watching it with somebody who didn't know the twist. Yeah, so that's one of the best parts of watching horror movies is that horror right. movies are so likely to have those crazy twists. Mm-hmm. It's really, sometimes I just like to stare yeah. at somebody. <laughs> like I watched Ready or Not the other day with my friend Alice, and I think I spent most of the movie Ooh. just watching her watch the movie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get really upset if someone's not paying attention. Like mm-hmm. whack them with a pillow or like. <clears throat> yeah, this is a really important scene. Come on, focus. <laughs> I liked the setting. For this movie, like we talked about, just to kind of jump into it, we were talking already about the lore when we picked Skeleton Key and um, how much there is to both voodoo and hoodoo. And I'll save that for you. I'm not stepping on your toes, I promise. But I was like, oh, we'll have plenty of movies to divide up this topic. And there really isn't a lot or many, if beyond this one that I can think of, that's any good voodoo hoodoo horror yeah i mean voodoo and hoodoo are kind of throwaway concepts within horror so you'll see elements of them or like there'll be a horror movie where there'll be one character who practices hoodoo and there'll be a minor Mm. character like there aren't many horror movies that i can think of where the plot line revolves around some sort of element of hoodoo or voodoo um Especially in recent years, which I'm still counting 2005 as being a relatively recent movie. Um, yeah. One of the first ones that comes to mind is there's an old black and white movie called I Walked with a Zombie that's about Haitian voodoo zombification. Um, mm-hmm. It's an incredibly racist movie. <laughs> so I'm not necessarily recommending Jeez. it. Um, right. And then, of course, there's season three of American Horror Story yeah. Coven. Like, you can't. Yes. But, yeah, there's not there's not really a lot of strong examples that I can think of. Yeah. And I, I did a little search for like top, top, you know, voodoo horror movies or hoodoo horror movies and nothing that I recognize came up beyond skeleton key. So if anyone else can think of one, send it our way. Especially if there's one that you really like, like if there's one where you're yes. like, this is the be all end all of mm-hmm. hoodoo horror. I fucking want it. <laughs> yeah. Cause otherwise my next one is like, scooby-doo on zombie island (laughs) shut up is that hoodoo i don't i don't i don't think so i mean they do deal with they deal with the mythical cat god and offerings to the cat gods none of that is hoodoo yeah i mean but it does it does hold up though it's spooky (laughs) i'm just in that like southern plantation backwater atmosphere vibe yeah coming coming back full circle to your original statement about like the atmosphere of this movie i think that that is one of the best things about this movie is the setting and the feel of this movie it it feels humid and swampy Mm. and i don't and dark and rainy like it's the atmosphere in this movie i think is the best thing that this movie did yeah there were so many good pieces to it it just it it just didn't it didn't come together until the end for me. So. Yeah. But, um. One of the, let me find. So, as I was, like, trying to decipher 
some of my thoughts on this movie. Mm-hmm. I found this Roger Ebert article on it. Oh, yes. And just really quickly, one of the lines in that article, or review, I should say, says mm-hmm. that this movie explains too much while also explaining too little. And I just felt like that was a really concise way to put the overall problem of this movie was that there's a lot of information, but I'm not quite sure that that information was funneled into a really good story. Mm, That's a, I really like that. I would agree with that statement. So (laughs) at the beginning of the movie, Mm -hmm. Caroline is apparently trying to take this job, not because it pays a thousand dollars a week. Red flag, red flag, red flag. <laughs> but she wants this job because she wants to start helping people. She doesn't feel like her role in hospice care is actually helping anybody, which I would disagree with. But mm-hmm. that's the premise of why she goes there. And as she's interviewing for this job, Violet whispers to the attorney who we also, which we all know is her lover, Papa Justify. She whispers to him, Caroline's not going to understand this house or she won't understand the house. What the fuck did that mean? I have no idea. I love that we both had the same, same question. Because the house wasn't haunted. Like, at the beginning when you're watching this movie, I, I think that the assumption is, oh, the house is haunted. And that's why she's saying she won't understand the house. But that's not, the house wasn't haunted. And she was, in fact, the bad thing that lives in the house. Yeah. And, and exactly to, to connect you to another one of your discussion points about how, like, there's no mirrors in the house. And, and she, you know, she claims I'm too old or whatever. And then she also mentions, but you can see the the Cecile and Papa Justify in the mirrors and stuff like that. Again, that's pretty quickly eliminated. So we know the house isn't haunted. So I don't know why, what that had to do with anything. The mirrors are and understanding the like house. A good red- Right. It wasn't even a good red herring to have. You know what I mean? You just wasted some good film reel on. Well, and it doesn't make sense for, I mean, I guess that maybe Cecile slash Violet is just trying to get Caroline to believe. And so maybe that's why she's just trying Hmm. to like spook her out. That's a good point. But if that was their goal, they don't make that clear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And as part of what leads you to, understand that some bad stuff happened in this house is Violet in the early on when they do, they do decide to hire Caroline and she asks her to go grab some uh, plant seeds from the attic and she gives her the skeleton key, which will open all the doors in the house. Um, Except for the one door that like is the most important door in this movie. (laughs) And yet the movie is named the skeleton key. I'm sorry. Continue. (laughs) Fine. Yeah, that's it's such a good point. Is like, what the f did the title actually have to do with anything that happened in this movie? <laughs> the key does nothing. I don't care that she can open three doors in the course of the movie, except for one. That was just ridiculous. You could have removed the skeleton key; it would have been fine. Would have been the same movie. <laughs> it would have made so much more sense as far as like the title is concerned. Is if she had a bunch of keys to the house and she couldn't find the one that opens the attic door, and then she finds a skeleton key. And it opens the attic mm. door because it can open all the doors. That Ooh. that would have made so much more sense with the title. But now the title is just like, so what? what? You just picked a random object that is <laughs> like, because skeleton keys are fucking cool. Don't get me wrong. Like the concept of skeleton yes. keys is cool. It's a mm-hmm. weird, creepy name. But I feel like it was wasted on this story. And the concept still confuses me. How do you have one key that can open all the doors? 
I don't know, but it's a real thing. I know, but that's why I get confused. Are there any locksmiths listening? Help. I must <laughs> help. <know>. <laughs> and we don't want to learn ourselves. We want you to explain it to us. Yes, please. <laughs> What's that subreddit? Like, explain it to me like I'm five. Like, that. That is what I want. <laughs> I'm sorry. You were making a point, though, and I was like, let's talk about skeleton keys. <laughs> No, you're totally going to remember what the point was. But yeah, something about snooping in the attic and the keys and the house. And basically, we get to the attic and eventually she does get through the door and we discover a bunch of quote unquote voodoo hoodoo stuff. And I apologize for using those simultaneously because I don't know the difference yet until you tell me. So I'll say hoodoo because I believe that is more accurate for this film. Yes. Okay, um, so she finds a bunch of stuff. So again, unless we're going with the concept that the house is somehow spooky and haunted, which... I never got the vibe of. No. Um, we're sort of insinuating that that there's a history here or that Violet, because she's kind of caught in a lie, could somehow be involved in all this. Yeah, and I don't think the reveal that Violet is involved is shocking because I feel like Caroline mm-hmm. was suspicious of her from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Also, just kind of like throwaway point. Again, just to sorry to jump around so much. You're okay. Why did they give Kate Hudson's character the name Caroline, which is such a southern name, when she's supposed to be the outsider from New Jersey? Touche. I wish her name had been like, I don't know. I actually can't think of a New Jersey name. Snooky. <laughs> yes. J Wow. J Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, plus anytime I see the name Caroline, I just want to say Coraline. (laughs) That and also sweet Caroline. You really had to put that in my head, didn't you? (laughs) I mean, as long as I'm singing, uh, my grandma told your grandma, I'm going to set your flag on fire over and over again, which is your fault. (laughs) But now I'm just like, Caroline, bum, 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 bum. They do that a lot at um, the CU uh, football games and stuff like that. Or I guess they did since we don't know if sports are happening this year. But yeah. Sports. Get stuck in your head. I also sports am familiar with sports and balls and points. Yes. And the teams. Yes. And the, and the yay. And teamwork. And <laughs> Makes the I feel like dream I, work. I was just about to say, I feel like I'm Michael from the office right now pretending to have knowledge that I don't have. <laughs> and then you said dream work teamwork dream work <laughs> <laughs> no you do if we switch this to hockey you would just like take over <laughs> yes i love to aggressively explain hockey to people it's one of my passions <laughs> i love that description aggressively explain <laughs> <laughs> but i don't actually know like i'm not actually a hockey expert i'm just i think that you once um described it as like an enthusiastic intermediate. So sometimes I encounter people who know more about hockey than me, and that just enrages me. And I don't even want to, like, learn from them. I just want to be, like, mad. <laughs> Thinks me think of Liz Lemon from 30 Rock, where she's, like, engaging! <laughs> <laughs> okay, where were we? Attic. 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 Would you snoop in that attic? I totally would. 100%. I totally would. Yep, yep. I, ever since I was a little kid and saw, this episode is going to be full of tangents, so just bear with us. Hold on, let me take another sip of this margarita here and just really 
really get us going. Um, ever since I was a little kid and saw The Secret Garden, mm. I have, which still kind of scares me. Maggie Smith in that one, like, gave me a heart attack as the mean governess. But, but the use of, like, secret doors and passageways and antique, like, I would also throw furniture. out Chronicles of Narnia to go in the category with the, se- so, yeah, yes. go ahead. All of those types of things I just, I'm obsessed with to this day. So the thought of an old house with such history and and a door, I would snoop the shit out of every corner of that house. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. And I also, okay, two things here. I would not believe Violet when she told me, oh, I've lived in this house almost my whole life, but I never went in that. I just never worried about that attic door. Oh, That's yeah, some right. fucking exactly. bullshit. Like, how incurious would you have to be? So I wouldn't believe that shit. But then also, mm-hmm. so, like, if I managed to break into the attic and I'm up there snooping around, I wouldn't hide that I was snooping around the attic. Because Violet wasn't like, don't go in there. It's bad. Mm-hmm. You'll be fired or, you know, it's dangerous. She didn't say anything like that. She was like, oh, we just can't get in there. So if I got in there, I probably would have immediately, maybe this is just my need for attention. I don't know. I probably would have immediately like run to the staircase and been like, Violet, I got the attic door open. And then like ran back. <laughs> right, right. Or like leave the door. I wouldn't have any shame. I wouldn't have thought I was doing anything wrong. But Caroline um, clearly did. Yeah, yeah. Which I think they're just trying to add to that like heightened suspense and mysteriousness. But again, it's somewhat inconsistent with the story you're trying to implant with us. Yeah, I kind of wish that they had, I don't know, been a little bit more subtle with Violet being the bad guy. Because we know, basically, from the beginning of the movie that Violet's bad somehow. Like, we don't know that she's Mama Cecile, but we know that Mm -hmm. that she's up to something. And Caroline is suspicious of her from the very beginning. So I kind of... That's a really good point. Yeah, so I wish that they had been a little bit more subtle about it. Like, maybe had her and Caroline kind of being, like, friends, like, united in their desire to, like, care for Violet's husband, Mm. you know, something like Mm. that instead of kind of putting them at odds from the very beginning because then, I mean, yeah, the Mama Cecile thing was still a really good twist, Mm -hmm. but the Violet being a bad guy wasn't a good twist. Yes, exactly like you said. That's not the reveal. The the, The big reveal scare thing is that the the spell works, but it's just not in the way you think. And, yeah, it... I mean, and I guess Luke being Papa Justify already is a little bit of a twist, but I agree with you. You spend the entire movie not liking uh, Violet off the bat, and it's just kind of weird because she's also the employer. So there's just, like, a lot of weird parts where, like, just as as in the question, would you snoop in the attic, would you stay employed? They try to give Caroline this sad backstory of trying to redeem herself because she wasn't able to care for her father or something like that and so she doesn't want to abandon ben but yeah i mean as somebody who also has a dead father i wasn't mm -hmm. that compelled by her storyline to be completely honest i would have found Mm -hmm. it a little bit more believable so this job paid exceptionally well i would have found it more believable if she was like in debt or something and was all like, well, I'm going to stay because I'm making $1,000 a week here. And she she apparently didn't have a college degree. She said something to her friend about wanting to finish nursing school. Uh-huh. So 
I would have believed it a little bit more if she had been like, I have to stay in this job because I need the money. Right. That's a really good point. I I, I agree. Because, again, we were wasting film reel on stuff that just isn't adding anything to the story. Well, and this actually leads very well into I know a exactly problem where you're going. I have with this movie. Yep. And Kate, I think Kate Hudson is so talented. Yeah. I am not impressed with her performance in this movie. So we're supposed to believe that her character is compelled because she lost her father and she's basically, um, she is attaching to these older men um, who are father-like because they're older than her. So she's kind of like latching onto them as surrogate fathers like I know she doesn't think that they're her fathers but she wants to protect them because she wasn't able to save her dad or care for her dad in his old age so she wants to care for them so there's supposed to be this like exaggerated sympathy coming from her character Mm -hmm. but her character came across very cold to me Mm -hmm. like there were just times in the movie where she didn't seem like she was feeling anything at all Mm mm-hmm so I, I wasn't, I didn't know how to treat, that's why I was saying it might actually be, have been more convincing for me if she was staying for the money. Cause I don't feel like we, like it was committed. I don't feel like Kate Hudson's performance committed to this whole, I have all these emotions and these feelings. Right. And understanding why she felt so compelled to care for Ben. Cause my understanding, and again, they don't, they don't give you necessarily a timeline or if they did, I didn't catch it that this happened over the course of months where she's caring for him. We've got a little caring montage. It seemed to happen fairly quickly and the amount of loyalty she put towards Ben was just sort of thrown in your face as opposed to developing from the character. Right. You were supposed to just accept it because Mm. of her backstory with her father. I didn't see any moments of extreme compassion as she's caring for Ben. She, it looks like she's just going through the motions. Yeah. And you have such a compelling cast when you have Sir John Hurt Mm. playing Ben, like give him more to do. Yeah. I mean, it would have been, I don't know. Or like do something where they share a moment. Like he gets a little bit lucid and they have like a beautiful moment between them that reminds her of her father. You know, just if they had done something like that, that would have been a little bit more believable beyond we're just supposed to accept that she has this driving desire to help old men. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, and then also with that, they talk about with Kate Hudson how she in excuse me, well, her character, sorry, Caroline, she's familiar with some of the other concepts of psychosomatic recovery, which is why she's like trying to fix Ben. She's like, if Ben believes it's real, then if I come up with, you know, a cure that he believes is real, it'll fix himself, right? But she never once questions lovely Violet just going, oh, he needs more remedies. We must up his remedies, you know? And it's like, really? Uh, I seem to have, you know, again, she's, she's was going to school to be a nurse. What the fuck is remedies? Yeah. I, I think she asked at one point, like what's in that? And Violet just kind of gives oh. her some throwaway stuff like rosehip oil. I don't know if that was oh, one of the things. Damn, I missed That's just it. what I put on my face is rosehip <laughs> oil. So I just feel, <laughs> oh. but I, I feel unless I'm completely like fabricating a scene in my head, I think she says something like what's in the remedies and Violet answers her, but not in a way that a medical professional 
should have been satisfied. Or, so I feel like your point still stands. Someone who works in this field would would accept, you know. Right. <laughs> um, um. So since we're kind of ragging on Caroline for a minute, I want you to play a little. It's a little discussion game. I want okay, you to close ready. your eyes and imagine for a second that Caroline's best friend was the lead character in this movie. Mm-hmm. That's it. I just want you to imagine that and think about what a better movie it would have been. <laughs> yeah, we would be so less racist. And they have an amazing, that actress is amazing. She's also, I, I'm rewatching Parenthood in the background and she's in that. I mean, she's a fantastic actress. Not to bash Kate Hudson. Right, because Kate Hudson's also a fantastic actress in other movies. Yes, yes, but why Why did we go with this? Why did we go with her as the lead? I mean, it's just like The Forest, where we're exploring mm-hmm. this different culture, and we have to explore it through the lens of whiteness. Yep. I just feel like this movie would have been so much... What is What is Caroline's friend's name? I feel like I should know this. It's... I had it written down, and I apologize. I took it out, because I... Let me pull up the IMDb really quick. Pause, please. Hold, please. I'm going faster. I'm going faster. I'm going faster. Joy. Jill. 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 Joy (laughs) sounds nothing like Jill, Nettie. (laughs) No, no, no. No, no. The actress is Joy Bryant, and she plays Jill. (laughs) Okay. All right, fine. I'll let that one pass. (laughs) Okay, so Jill is apparently from the South. She is raised mm-hmm. in kind of a culture that is at least aware of hoodoo, even if she's not pract- like a practitioner of it herself. Mm-hmm. Like she has family members who who kanja and like what have mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. If Jill had been the main character in this movie and we had given her some sort of motivation to stay, because the movie does say the black ones never stay, you know, when right. at the end of the movie um, to imply that. Only, only white women would stay in that house and be foolish enough, which, I mean, that's fair. But yeah, I'll, let, I'll let them have that one. Yeah, I'll, let, I'll totally let them have that one. That's, that's fair. There's nobody dumber than a white person in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. But we have, we have Jill who knows about this culture. We would have saved a lot of, like, time of Caroline running around and trying to figure things out because Jill could have explained things to us in a more clear way. We would just need to find a motivation to get her to stay. And I feel like that motivation would have been easy to find. It could have easily been money or the same motivation that Caroline had. Right. Right. A, co- a compelling desire to serve and to help people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And instead, and, and similar to Drag Me to Hell, um, they use it, they use Jill's character as a way to just drive Caroline's plot forward. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jill is totally serving the role as a magical person of color. Yeah. Yeah. Her only role in this movie is to advise Caroline on hoodoo. Yeah. I actually kind of want to jump to this point too. I know I was saving it for the end. Um, but this is very similar to get out. Okay. Could you elaborate on that? Cause I, I find that interesting, but I did not make that comparison myself. Oh yes. So I do have to give Michelle's going to demand a shout out. Michelle also said this same point that she's like, when she got to the end, she was like, oh my gosh, this is just like, get out. And so Michelle's I was so much cooler it. than we will ever be. I know. Michelle, please don't forget me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and 
There is a YouTube video that I will post that I found. They did a really good side-by-side comparison where they literally were able to interweave dialogue between Skeleton Key and Get Out. Oh, fuck. That's cool. Yes. So I'll post it. And it's not very long. It's sub five minutes. But he makes 24 points. And I promise I'll be quick with them. So the first off is self-loathing. You got you got a character that's got some sadness. And I mean, two, don't we all have a little bit self-loathing though? Totally. Not convinced. Tell me too. <laughs> <laughs> Only the best friend has common sense. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Three. And again, I'm telling you, it's so much better on the video. Three villains who live in the boondocks. Okay. Very similar settings. It shows them driving and very similar, um, like, like settings. That um, the main character moonlights as a photographer. Oh, because Kate Hudson takes a bunch of pictures and stuff. I was gonna say um, I completely missed. Was was Kate Hudson a photographer? Whoops. <laughs> kind of. She's got some things where she's like, "Look, look at all these photos I took," and it's like, "Okay." Um, some of these are silly and some are big. Number five: Do you smoke? Both villains ask the main characters, "Do you smoke?" Violet mm. and then the father in Get Out. Uh, the characters, number six, all have um, a sense of abandonment from their parent, an abandoned parent. So in Kate, in Caroline's case, it's her father who passed away in Get Out. I believe his mother passed away or he was abandoned when he was young. Number seven, hypnotism on both sides. They mention hypnotism in Get Out. They mention hypnotism in Skeleton Key. Obviously, they play varying roles in each film. Number eight, they ignore the motherfucking warning signs. (laughs) (laughs) Number nine, they blame the outburst on a stroke or like a medical condition of something that can give uh, rise to what's going on. So in Skeleton Key, it's Ben. In Get Out, it's the other guy who's been hypnotized and kind of possessed or shared with. I, you know, can't remember exactly how we explained that one. Um Number 10, both main characters have trouble sleeping. Number 11, we have histories of mad doctors or people who experimented in things maybe they shouldn't. Uh, Number 12 is the avatar technique. Fuck, I can't really remember what that one was. I think it had to do with like the body switching or embodying somebody else. Um, number 13, this is a ritual that's passed on to the little kids. So in Skeleton Key, it's a little different, but it's a ritual that's being passed on in a way. It's, it's continuing. Number 14, the phone gets cut off. Number 15, they still trust the enemy. So in Get Out, he's trusting his girlfriend. In Skeleton Key, she's trusting Luke. In number 16, they find photos of the past victims. Number 17, the villain had the keys the whole time. (laughs) Um, 18, the villains are careful with the avatar's body. You don't want to damage Caroline's body. And then you don't want to damage, you know, his body and get out because they need to use it to transfer into. Uh, Number 19, both go, uh, both main characters go unconscious with a POV point of view shot. Number 20, the victim gets untied because in both of them, they're they're restrained and then they're able to to get themselves out. Uh, 
Number 21, they go back to save what they believe to be the other victim. I can't remember how he does that in Get Out. Goes back to save the other victim. Anyways, 22, uh, they get shot at by a shotgun in a getaway car. That happens to both of them. Number 23, they both get into an accident that occurs on the property. Number 24, your best friend arrives to the crime scene. So, but I'm telling you, it looks really good in the video because of the inner splicing. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to watch the video. That sounds interesting. But yeah, so I just, I think it's really interesting that, you know, there, I saw an article, but I didn't really dive too hard into it. That was like, Skeleton Key could be the prequel to Get Out. <laughs> you know, that they refined the conjuring of sacrifice or I apologize, whatever the spell was called. Um, where is it? Oh, yeah, the conjure of sacrifice. And now it's more of a medical thing. And <laughs> Yeah, the, no, it is definitely interesting, the idea of taking bodies to just prolong your life. Because would you, would you want to keep living if you just had to basically start over? Does that make sense? So you're yeah. living your life. You like your life. I mean, this might be different for people who are servants that are treated horribly like Mama mm-hmm. Cecile and uh, Papa Justify were. Uh, they weren't too yeah. into their lives. I'm sure they wanted a better life. Um, yeah. But let's talk about present day us. We like our lives. Things aren't always perfect. But you're just going to basically take over somebody else's body and keep living the life you have been living. Like, do you even mm-hmm. want to? I mean, obviously not if it's actually from an ethical standpoint. I would never want to take that away from somebody else, yada, yada. But the compelling if I'm a little twisted and a little dark and don't really care about anyone else, always. Um, The fact that I'm able to still be myself entirely, that's fucking compelling. That's, Hmm. that's tempting. The fact that it's not a spell where I would just get the years of life and be the same person, but that you could actually physic all you all, you have to do is physically become somebody else but you're still your mind your thoughts your memories i mean i don't hate it hmm. what about you yeah you hate I, it? I don't know it's weird i it, it would be so bizarre to look in the mirror and see a different face that's a good point so i just don't know and like you wouldn't be able you would lose everybody in your life every time you do that which i mean mama mm. cecile and papa justify didn't care because they were doing it together and presumably yeah. they only wanted each other. So mm-hmm. they didn't care. But, I mean, say that you do it right now. You wouldn't have a friendship with me anymore. You'd probably lose most of your friends. Yeah. Because you, you can't, really you can't be netty anymore. Like, even though you have your own your mind and your personality mm-hmm. and all your anxieties and <laughs> all your memories, like, you're not you anymore. That's a good point. All that's... All that's- happening is a physical change so you could potentially live longer and look different and then at what cost yeah you lose your identity when you do that but i could be hotter Ooh, i mean yeah there is that maybe (laughs) i'm saving that for the game (laughs) maybe i could grab one of those bodies of those women who can eat whatever they want and never gain weight oh my gosh i mean we hate them anyways right right (laughs) they don't deserve those bodies i deserve that body I'll really put it to the test. I'll really put it to the test. I will make that metabolism work for it. (laughs) I love that. Um, 
Okay, so throughout the entire film, they are trying, this entire concept doesn't work. I'm literally stealing your language that we talked about earlier. Doesn't work unless you believe in it. Do you think, yes, you're Caroline, but I'm, you know, not, not a hundred percent her. You're still Julie in a sense. Um, would you believe, do you think you'd be... You know, this is a tricky question for me because on the one hand, I always wanted to be in a horror movie. So yeah. I think there might be a part of me that would kind of like, yes, I'm finally, it's finally happening. <laughs> I don't think on. in this spe- specific um, set of circumstances, though, I would believe. I, yeah. I, there was a moment near the end of the movie when Caroline is poisoning Violet's tea And I'm like, where is the point where you say to yourself, I have no actual proof this is happening and I'm poisoning an old woman's tea? Like, where is the self-reflection in that? Oh, yeah. We go from, like, innocent little New Jersey girl to, like, stone cold felon real fast. Yeah. And, like, we abduct an invalid. We poison an old lady. We steal property. <laughs> What's the plan here, Caroline, when, after you kidnap this old man? Right. I just, I didn't feel like there was enough to make me believe either. And I, I also don't feel like, even if we did believe, I don't feel like the immediacy is there for Caroline to be like, I have to get him out of the house tonight. I'm like, really? Because he survived the last, like, couple of months or whatever like why does it have to be tonight because we need a theatrical climax (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and I I mean there are certain things I think I would I would do but I wouldn't necessarily I guess it only works if you believe in it but like the red brick dust I'd be like all right let's do it like what do I care yeah might as well yeah because I'm not gonna flip faith the bird yeah (laughs) circle back this movie could have been called Um, brick dust and it would have made more sense (laughs) oh yeah i like that yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and then when we get to the very end of the movie i just want to share if it's okay to jump that far ahead i'm ready for the end sweet that was the end of my drink (laughs) that drink that noise is staying (laughs) was the end of my drink um so I was watching it with Michelle, like I said, and I was just waiting. I was waiting, waiting, waiting. And so, you know, she pushes the mirror at Caroline. She thinks she's made a protection circle. She's been tricked the whole time, which which I do. I kind of like it when, like you said, final girls are sometimes just lucky. And, and she was a badass. She took stuff into her own hands and she was resourceful, but she wasn't lucky. Yeah. And um, so, you know, she, the mirror crashes and then every, you know, every everything's kind of whoosh the candles go out and she stands up and she lights a clove cigarette which we know is something that violet does not caroline because caroline doesn't smoke and michelle literally just went oh fuck it's the old lady (laughs) it was everything i wanted i like that that was immediate for her that she didn't even have like there was no hesitation of like is that is that Violet? Like nothing. Nothing. She just like, she knew it was coming and it was, it was, it was beautiful. <laughs> Can we agree that clove cigarettes, I don't think I've ever actually paid attention and noticed that they were all black. Those have oh, got yes. to be the sexiest of all cigarettes. I know if they weren't all fiberglass. Oh, well, yeah, they're not you got to die somehow. They, 
They smell and taste really good. But don't like, they, they, like, have, destroy like, your appetite? Like, we were just talking about how nice it would be to be skinny <laughs> all the time. Like, you got to die something. But it's also, it's also nice to breathe, Julie. You need, uh, you want fiberglass in your lungs. <laughs> uh, I'll die skinny. <laughs> I'll die skinny. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I can't really, I can't really offer a counter to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that basically reveals that the twist is it's not a spell that steals the the youth from somebody else. Which also mini pause, Caroline, why the f did you think old lady Violet was stealing the remaining rusty, dusty years of Ben? Yeah, his like was what? She gonna get like ten years? years he has left? Yeah. Oh, you went even years. lower. Sorry. I was like really mean. I offered sorry. him a generous 10 years. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yes. 10 is probably a lot more accurate. <laughs> you're so offensive. You see an old person, you're like, you're going to be dead in two years. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Except that's I'm another that thing. person now. <laughs> that was another thing. It's like, so she, is that the whole premise of Violet is trying to steal life from this old man? It's like, well, it doesn't seem more likely that she's trying to steal it from you. I know. Who's the juicy little peach in this movie, honey? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so, but, um, but yeah, yeah. So it's actually a body switching spell instead. So she's gonna become you. Let's talk about this body switching spell. Because mm-hmm. I don't understand. I have opinions about this. Oh, good. Um, I, I more have questions. Like, definitely read all of my statements even if it sounds like a declarative sentence as having a question mark at the end. Cause I f- just feel like I'm confused. So yep. in the past, what we're supposed to take away from what happened in the past is that they were performing this ceremony with the two little rich kids. Mm-hmm. Were they trying to steal the kids bodies from the very beginning? Or was that just a happy coincidence when they were about to be lynched? And they're like, let's save ourselves by jumping into these children's bodies. I think that it was intentional. Um, the question is, did they know if the spell was body switching or stealing youth? Because then becoming children makes a bit more sense. Because you're like, I don't want to be a little prepubescent child. I would rather just have their 80 years of life left. Um, but... I think they did it during the party when everyone would be distracted, no one would be looking for them, and they got caught what they thought was in the middle of the ritual, but actually they got caught at the end. So when the drunken party goers find the scene, Papa Justify and Mama Cecile are already inside the children. Okay. Meaning they lynch the children who are right. trapped in the Well, uh, yeah, I definitely understood that the children were the ones who were lynched in Mama Cecile and Papa Justified's bodies. Mm-hmm. It, it was more, I just, I wasn't sure when the actual jump happened because it, it didn't look anything like what happened to Caroline. Like, nobody got a mirror thrown in their face. That's true. I'd have to, I'd have to look back at the two scenes are very different. The, the it requires the victims to believe so it's possible that you could do a slightly different spell i don't know that's a very good question i also have an issue with this whole it doesn't work if you don't believe i think that's the dumbest concept Mm. 
Isn't that what they claim hoodoo is, though? Not. I don't know. Um, That's the first. This movie is the only time I've ever heard of that. Oh, agreed. Yes. Sorry. I mean, in this film. (laughs) Like, like, I think everywhere else, everyone agrees unanimously that's bullshit. I feel like in the film, they have Jill say hoodoo is only something that works if you believe in it. Right. And I think that's stupid. Agreed. Sorry. Yes. Following. Yep. Agreed. (laughs) Yeah, that's my... (laughs) That's my only, like, I, I can kind of understand. I've heard, you know, when people are teaching magic in other movies or other TV shows or they're learning magic or they're trying to control magic, I've heard them be like, oh, it works better if you believe. But this whole idea of, like, we can't hurt you unless you believe we can hurt you is very, is very odd to me. And it's not scary. Mm. I feel like it yeah. takes away some of the fear of the movie, which, and this isn't a scary movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had to enact a law from the movie, what would it be? Don't try to outsmart sorcerers at their own game. Ooh, I love it. I want that like crocheted (laughs) and then put on my wall. (laughs) I really like that. Okay. So my law which is I, I'm pretty proud of and think is hilarious, is don't trust the lawyer. <laughs> I just realized I don't know how to spell sorcerers. Whatever. I mean, autocorrect didn't, or it didn't uh, put the red squiggles under it, so I think you're good. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> don't trust um, the lawyer. Yeah, That's I mean, a rough one. Poor guy. I know. I know. But it wasn't even, like, his fault. And also, she judged him so quickly. Like, she walks into his desk, and it's all, like, uh, wills and trusts for dummies. And she, like, gets all suspicious. I'm like, maybe he was just trying to give, like, a refresher. You don't know how hard it is to remember all the laws all the time. Exactly. Like, I probably have a couple, like, family law cheat books, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't think I, I got rid of a lot of my books when I moved here, but I'm pretty sure you could have found some embarrassing law books on my bookshelf. Oh, I past. still have like guerrilla tactics for finding your dream job or whatever. What the that we fuck? Why do you have that? Because it makes like a really good um, booster for my laptop. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> okay. you have That's a legitimate reason. You could probably also use it as a yoga block. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I could. <laughs> it's a beefy mother effer. <laughs> Um, Nettie, I am ready for some film. Alrighty, let's do it. So I don't have too, too many. There wasn't a ton. I was a little bummed, but here we go. I've got six of them. So in the beginning, Caroline is reading Treasure Island to her hospice patient. And she's talking about the scene she's reading is actually where the character Jim Hawkins is caring for an elderly Billy Bones, who in the book also suffered a stroke. And then she goes on to do the same for Ben Devereaux. So there's a little bit of foreshadowing. The film was filmed. Wow, really? That's as, that's as creative as I could get with that <laughs> sentence? Jesus. The movie was filmed. <laughs> the movie. Thank you. The movie was filmed in St. James Parish, Louisiana at the Felicity Plantation. And so actually the swamp behind the house that they show, they do an aerial shot and and a couple other scenes you see it is actually created using CGI effects since in real life, it's actually just surrounded by farmland. So I was, I was surprised that held up for being 2005 because I never realized that. 
Uh, Sir John Hurt offered to do his own stunt where he falls off the roof, but he was not allowed to. <laughs> I think that was a good call. <laughs> Precious cargo. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a risk there. <laughs> um, okay, number four. This one's awesome. I don't know if this is true, but ugh. when Caroline stops at the gas station and there's a wind chime made of bones in the front entryway, apparently this is possum penile bones what uh, yeah also uh why is there a creepy gas station like why what whatever never mind all i all i think of when i see those things is like cabin in the woods <laughs> the harbinger <laughs> yes <laughs> so so sadly, it's like all the, not that this is the OG film, but like the OG films that incorporate this, I just kind of laugh at it now. Like, of course there I feel is. like 50% of horror movies that were filmed between 1990 and 2010 have incorporated the creepy rundown gas station. I'm like, most of those like highway <laughs> gas stations in the US are like 24 hour, like super shiny, like tourist trap gas stations, but whatever. Exactly. I don't stop at one unless it has a Starbucks. Like, <laughs> now he's like, this gas station's for the peasants. Yeah. <laughs> that Oasis gas station between, like, here in Kansas that we used to always stop at and stuff. Like, that's my yeah. jam. <laughs> and then uh, number five was that... Um, Kate Hudson had actually just given birth to her son about three months before the oh, film. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, She's keeping her shit yeah. tight. Exactly. I wrote, girl deserved her underwear shots. <laughs> she earned those underwear shots. Yeah, normally I'm like, really? We gotta do this? Like, okay, thanks, guys. But, um, no, girl gets it. So, <laughs> and then um, number six, last one, is just that on the DVD, which, of course, thank you, internet, is completely locked down. Um, they didn't have a lot that I could find unless I went to nefarious sources, which I'm, I'm not gonna do. There are actually 16 deleted scenes that are available on the DVD mm, and that gives it another like 22 minutes in length and apparently there's also an alternate ending on the DVD but so help me god I couldn't find anyone who would tell me what it was what? so if you own the DVD dig it out because I wants to know what? maybe it's better like I mean <laughs> I like the ending the ending's not one of the things I would change but I let me, now I'm looking it up on Amazon to see how much the DVD costs. Because, like, maybe I want to buy the DVD just to see the altar. I, I fucking you love the You don't want to buy a DVD that, not that you gave a 2.5 out of 5 out of. No. I won't allow it. Well, I just <laughs> looked it up and it doesn't even look like Amazon has it for sale. Except for oh, on Prime dear. Video. Which is not helpful. <laughs> Leave it to me to pick the real winners, you know. <laughs> So, ta-da, that was Film Facts. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll sort through all this. So I was trying to see if I could find the alternate ending, like my Google skills were better than yours. Oh, no, they probably are. <laughs> okay, uh, do you want to hear about the difference between voodoo and hoodoo? Yes, please. I'm tired of sounding like an idiot. <laughs> so, it's actually pretty close to how they describe it in the movie. Like, in the movie, they say something... I'm not gonna be able to quote it exactly, but it said something mm -hmm. like voodoo is a religion, whereas hoodoo is uh, just witchcraft or something like that. And that's mm -hmm. not completely <laughs> inaccurate. Uh, hoodoo is mm -hmm. folk magic, 
whereas voodoo is a religion. Both were brought over during the time of slavery from Africa. Um, so they're both mm-hmm. a hodgepodge of different African tribes and different beliefs. Um, and voodoo or hoodoo definitely developed from voodoo, mm-hmm. but it's more of just like a practice than an actual religion. So, okay. Then I am, I am amending my previous statement that Scooby-Doo on zombie Island does not fit into this category. I believe it is hoodoo. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen Scooby-Doo on zombie <gasps> Island, so I'm not going to argue Julie, with you. It's on Netflix. It's fucking scary. <laughs> okay. I, can't, I guess I can't say no, it's not because I haven't seen it, but I have my doubts. Okay. So voodoo is a diasporic. Do you know what that word means? Because I had to look it up. Mm-mm. No, I don't. Okay. So diaspora is when uh-huh. um, a group of people are displaced from their homeland. So you hear a lot. Okay. You, you hear it mostly associated with Jewish people, not in Israel. Mm-hmm. But it can also yeah. be used to describe um, African slaves who were brought over to the New World. So voodoo is a diasporic religion brought over from Africa during slavery. Voodoo developed from a number of tribes who had to unite for survival under slavery. So all of these tribes were influenced by each other, and they took different rituals and different practices and different beliefs from other tribes and kind of combined them all into this new religion for themselves. Uh, they were also influenced by French Catholicism. And that's why you oftentimes see images of Catholic saints representing voodoo loas, who are spirits. So you remember Papa Legba from American Horror Story? Yes. He's a voodoo loa. Okay, okay. Which makes him also a hoodoo loa. Like, that's where some things cross over. I just like his name. It just, like, literally rolls off your tongue. Uh, and he's not portrayed very well in in Coven. Like, he's not, he's not the, I guess that he's not the loa that you would make those types of deals with. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm not going to get into that. That's for another time. We could probably do a deep dive episode on voodoo sometime, which would oh, be a lot of fun. I would love that. Yeah. Voodoo is an established and structured Haitian religion. There are two different types of voodoo. There's Haitian voodoo mm-hmm. and Louisiana voodoo. Okay. And geographically, it's pretty obvious where those two are located. <laughs> so in Haitian voodoo, uh, they do follow a uh, monotheistic mm-hmm. god. They call him Bondi, which is very close to the French word for good God, which is Bon Dieu. Uh-huh. So that's probably related there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is omnipotent, but kind of like uncaring. Like, huh? so he kind of like created the world and is like, eh, I got to go do other stuff. You guys are good, right? <laughs> See you later. <laughs> um, but he's, he's not evil. He's just kind of like indifferent. Okay. And so... They worship him indirectly by venerating the spirits that assist him, the Loa. And they have priests, and their main language is Creole, mm-hmm. which is um, Haitian French. And then if you hear people talk about French Creole, mm-hmm. that is uh, American French Creole. Oh. And if you hear them talk about French, that is like a Haitian French Creole. So they're very similar, um, but they're basically just bastardized versions of French Dang. that occurred when they came over to the New World. Okay. So Louisiana voodoo, their Mm -hmm. language is French Creole. So Louisiana voodoo is a fusion of religious and magical practices found today in the southern United States. And it has a lot more spiritualism than Haitian voodoo does. And it shares a lot of the many magical practices of hoodoo. It also has loas. And it has a very high presence of Catholic saints. Mm -hmm. 
mixed in with a bit of other Southern folk magic. Okay. And then to compare to hoodoo. And I just want to backtrack really quick. Um, This is like a very, very brief overview mm-hmm. of voodoo and hoodoo. So if I, I might get something wrong or I might not fully understand something and I apologize. I'm not trying to offend. There are millions of people who practice the religion of hoodoo and I'm, or excuse me, the religion of voodoo. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to offend anybody by getting the religion wrong. I'm just trying to understand it and describe it. So hoodoo on the other hand is like folkloric practices and beliefs of magic. And it's kind of a blend of African folklore and American Indian folklore, so Native American folklore, as well as European folklore. It's not linked to any particular form of theology, but, and this might be my favorite fact that came out of this, most people who practice hoodoo are Protestant Christians. Really? Yep. (laughs) Huh. Yeah. Um, And hoodoo is very much nature-based and, like, physical, Mm-hmm. So they they cast they make tools and they cast spells and they have formulas and alchemy and all of the stuff comes from herbs and roots and minerals and animals and personal possessions are a big thing those are very powerful in hoodoo. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of their spells will incorporate bodily effluvia and detritus. That? Uh <laughs> your bodily fluids. Ugh. And your detritus is your bodily like body (laughs) (laughs) so for example menstrual blood oh gross yep semen urine spit tears nail clippings hair fantastic possibly skin shavings (laughs) (laughs) hoodoo spells sometimes accompany biblical texts including the book of solomon Excuse me, including the Book of Solomon is a demon book. So that was a Freudian slip. (laughs) (laughs) Including the Book of Psalms. (laughs) (laughs) But they're not performed in Jesus's name. Um, One of the really interesting things that comes out of some veins of hoodoo and voodoo that incorporate Christian ideology is this idea that Jesus was a conjurer and God was a conjurer. And like Moses, like they're all just like magic men. Mm-hmm. who, like, perform these spells. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only person that finds that really cool. I think it's cool. Yeah. The possession or body switching, whatever you want to call it, that takes place in this movie, I don't think that there's actually a hoodoo equivalent of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm wrong, somebody please let me know. Mm-hmm. The closest I could find is that sometimes in hoodoo, priests or practitioners, whoever's casting the spell... We'll, we'll get a body to host a spirit or a loa that they're trying to communicate with. Um, but that's not that's not possession in like a demonic sense and it's not body switching. Mm-hmm. Or another possible inspiration for this movie. Zombies are from hoodoo and Haitian voodoo. Okay. The concept of zombies are. Yeah. So that like that's where they come from. Not mo- not zombies as we know them in Hollywood. Yeah. But actual zombies. Um, but the way the way actual zombie zombification would work, and that's this is a huge thing. There are all these steps. One of the things I read involves people being buried alive. So, but it basically no. is just a- animation of a recently deceased corpse. And what they do is they steal part of the soul from the corpse, mm-hmm. 
And then the person is animated and able to move and walk and perform tasks, but they're not a person anymore. Like their personhood is gone. Mm. So it's not, that's not really body switching either. Um, I don't think that body switching as portrayed in this movie actually exists within hoodoo. I mean, I guess in theory. In theory, yeah. In theory, if you want to, if you're able to pull a soul from a body, you could potentially put a different soul in that body. Mm-hmm. I guess there's, you know, that magical argument. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Sweet. I loved it. That was really good. That was really, really good. I feel like I started talking out my ass a little bit when I so was talking about the difference between hoodoo and voodoo as I'm like skimming my notes. I'm like, I should have edited these notes more closely. No, you're totally right. Seriously, like when this all first started, when I, like when I ever first heard hoodoo, I was like, did you mispronounce voodoo? Like, you know. That's like, embarrassing. <laughs> I'm sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing. So okay. embarrassing. So you ready to play two really quick games? <laughs> yes, I am. Okay, so these are kind of silly. Okay, so one of my questions is, would you, and this one is related to the film, so Mrs. Devereaux says to Caroline that Caroline will just leave like all the rest. Would you? So the thing is, I actually don't think, and I'm going to be one of the first people to agree that someplace is haunted, but (laughs) I actually don't think I would have thought anything supernatural was going on here. Mm Mm-hmm. I would have thought that maybe this was just a weird old lady. Yeah. So in that context, if this is a job that I enjoy and it pays really well, I don't think I would leave. Now, if I'm Caroline and I do believe this is happening, Mm -hmm. I would leave. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think... I think if I'm me and Caroline, I'm probably going to leave. But for me as a per for Caroline, it would just be like, okay, this house and these people are red flag factories, like get out. Um, Red flag factories. (laughs) But for me, um, I was just, like you said, Mrs. Devereaux was so unlikable from the beginning that I would just be like, I don't feel comfortable working for you. Um, Mm. And that's assuming I don't need the job for the money. That would be that would be a tricky, a tricky balancing act. Is she bad enough to to quit your job? But just with what I knew in this in the setting of the film, I'd be like, yes, I'm out. Yeah, you mean? I think that's totally fair. <laughs> okay, and then my next one, which I can't think of a good answer for, is if you could conjure of sacrifice any celebrity, who would it be? And you can do, like, male or female. Huh. Because oh. on the one hand, I just feel bad because all my answers were circling around, like, celebrities that I think are gorgeous. <laughs> I was like, that's well, such a fucking vain reason to conjure of sacrifice somebody, but it's all I can think of. Mine is circling down which celebrity could I conjure of sacrifice and steal their body and then just like disappear with all their money and like be left alone. Ooh, 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 crap. That eliminates most of my people because a lot of the celebrity women that I was idolizing are like married or something like Blake Lively, you know, like Mm. Ryan Reynolds. Oh, she's gorgeous. (laughs) I know. Oh, he would definitely, I I feel like he's attentive enough that he would definitely notice that you were not his wife. Exactly. (laughs) Damn. Okay, so I gotta go with somebody who's like, you could escape with 
Because, like, I also, I don't want to take over, like, Jennifer Lawrence's body and then have to act in movies. Yeah. Okay. I just want to disappear with all my money. Yes, exactly. So we have to be at the right age where we still have many years left because, let's be honest, what's the point of doing this if not? And (laughs) we can still escape relatively unnoticed. It can just be like, oh, she's retired with acting. Huh. Mm. We might just have to circle back. I don't even have a good answer. Well, maybe next episode we follow up with this yeah, game and be like, sorry. here is our answer. I also many- like feel I also feel kind of bad. I guess this just goes to show that I just really could never do Conjure of Sacrifice. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I feel bad saying I would steal somebody's body. Oh my body. gosh, you're such a better person. I was like, there's too many to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was really fast there with the button and dragged me to hell. But, like, I don't know. This, feel, this feels bad. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> okay, guys. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could go ahead and give us five stars and maybe maybe review, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. It would mean a lot to us. Yeah. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Lawn Horror Podcast. Twitter at Lawn Horror Pod. We have a Facebook page, Lawn Horror Check out our website, lawnhorror.com. Send us an email at lawnhorror at gmail.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail at 909-666-0159. Hey guys, never drop your weapon. And don't forget to double tap. Musical fade out. <laughs>